Hello and welcome to episode two of the best of 2020 because books have to be one of the best things that happened in 2020. So in this episode, I would like to talk about my favorite contemporary books that most of them released actually in 2020. A few of them didn't. And I would also like to talk about my favorite suspense books of this year. Um, I don't know about you, but I, for a little while, when everything was like seriously shut down, I couldn't read contemporary for a little bit. Like I was so jealous that people got to go out to stores and stuff and just training my brain around this whole thing. Then to be able then to read people, I had major jealousy. So I had to take a little break and go to historical. But there were so many great contemporary that I read this year. And I definitely want to mention a few. Um, Early in the year, early January, Jessica Kate released her Girl's Guide to the Outback. And I had to go back and double check to make sure that it was released this year because, man, January felt so long ago. But seriously, that was one of my favorite books. Jessica Kate has a way of writing just really um, fun, fun dialogue, fun happenings. It's set in Australia, and I absolutely love books set in Australia. And again, it was, it was funny. She had really great characters. And you know what also she does is she has a lot of depth. It isn't just funny slapstick. It, it, she has characters that have some, some baggage, some issues, some growth that they need to do. And I love seeing the character arc in the book. And to me, like when a, when a book has a really strong character arc and you get to see the characters grow, I absolutely love that. And Jessica Kate definitely delivered in Girl's Guide to the Outback. Um, so if you haven't read that one yet, I would highly suggest you do. Um, another one that was an early release this year, I can't remember if it was January or February, but that would be Susan L. Tuttle's Love You Truly. Oh my goodness, like this book, it was up for a ECFW award and it, w- it was a finalist and it didn't get picked in my opinion. It should have been picked, so it's getting picked in my contemporary top books just because. It was so good. Um, Susan Tuttle writes really great contemporary characters. She like really makes you care for them. And it's a story that, that lives on in your mind. It's not just a story that you peel through and forget about. There's a lot that happens in her stories. And, and even the side characters have dimension, have depth, have things driving them that I just love seeing how she brings it all together. And she is one of the authors, and I want to do another episode of books with tropes that I don't like, but then there's a cert- there's some authors that can write those tropes, and then I love. And that's what she does with Love You Truly, because Love You Truly is about a dating show, kind of bachelorette, bachelorette, uh, bachelor-esque, so... And to me, I'm not a huge fan of that kind of reality TV show because, well, there's a lot of reasons, but 
she does it in such a way that it is so good. It's everything that I enjoy, kind of like not quite an enemy's delivery, but almost kind of like a, a rivals or determine not to fall for each other type um, vibe that go, that's going on in the book that really it had great tension in the romance. It had great on-page chemistry, but it also had a really good message and seriously, like a really great redemption story. And I believe Susan L. Tuttle writes great redemption stories and I love those. So that is why Love You Truly is definitely one of my top faves this year. Um, Another one that I read early-ish was... um, Save the Date by Jenny B. Jones. I know I've mentioned this one before, but just have to say it again that this one and so far each book that I've read, I think I've read like a couple, one other full length novel, a couple novellas. I just enjoy her uh, funny, sassy dialogue um, and a great message too written into it. Like it, it does have a, it does have a goal. It does have an end. Um, message that I really enjoy and that is why she is totally bumping up to the top of my reading pile because her books are just funny but with depth and I love that combination and speaking of funny with depth I want to talk about again Stealing Ada by Tamara Lay. You know, it's funny because Tamara Lay's contemporaries are just so funny and so like that rom-com lover type story. And then it's like, and then on the flip side, her historical medieval are that raw, real, you know, gritty, authentic feel that can border on a little bit more heavy subjects in her historical feel. And it's just funny how those two are so contrasted. So, uh, but I really love both of them because she writes great characters that you, cr- uh, that you just want to love and root for. And that's what um, Stealing Ada was for me. Just that fun contemporary story about an author. I have mentioned this book before in my Um, podcast where I talk about books that feature authors. So if you want to find out kind of like more about that one, you can listen to that podcast or just go read it. Like, highly recommend it. It's a fun story. Um, And then, oh my goodness. So I wanted to call Nicole Deese my favorite new-to-me author in 2020. But the thing is, is I started her novella in 2019 Uh, Christmas cliche. So I can't cheat and say that she was completely new to me. But I have read uh, three full-length novels now from her this year. So I've been playing catch-up because she has a backlist. I have a few more and then I'll be all cut up. But this author is amazing. And Before I Called You Mine was incredible. I am not one who doesn't usually gravitates towards first person POV. I really like getting inside the minds of both sides, like both main characters, especially because I usually read romance. You get to see both perspectives and I really enjoy that. Um, So you don't get that with when there's only one first person uh, point of view. But 
Nicole Deese can do it in such a way that it works. And she did that in Before I Called You Mine. Um, she writes the romance in such a way that it's like, it, it's slow building, but the, the chemistry is there on the page. And just as you see it developing, it's just all the richness of her writing. I can't even describe it. It's hard to write reviews for her books because they're so good. And it just doesn't feel like your words do it justice. So, and it's, and especially because it's a topic that I love, adoption. And so many like real to life feelings and issues and emotions and just the way she all turns it out on page it's a masterpiece it really is so highly recommend that one as well and um this year i also discovered tammy l gray i think in some of her books it's tl gray and her newest one um love and a little white lie was um Tammy L. Gray through Bethany House. So she was both a new-to-me author this year, and the first book that I read by her just really captured me. I have a couple more on my shelf that I can't wait to get to because she can write in a, like, it's those characters that you really become invested in and gravitate towards, especially for me, you know, and Mercy's Fight was just all of those things that I love. I love characters with kind of a wounded base, like almost sketchy kind of past because you get to see their redemption arc so strongly pronounced. You know, it's like, I am not the one who likes completely perfectly squeaky clean characters. I like seeing a strong redemption angle coming out of people with a past. And I love seeing their journey and this one, you didn't see so much the beginning of the journey, but you saw the baggage of the characters from their previous life and how that's kind of affecting how they see themselves and moving forward. And I just love what she did with Mercy's fight. Um, it just had all those elements that it really worked for me at least. So that is definitely one of my tops. And I think the last contemporary romance that I'm going to talk about is Autumn Skies. Ugh, but I really want to talk about Carolina Breeze too. Those are the last two in the, oh my goodness, I forgot the name of the type, the name of the series. But Autumn Skies and Carolina Breeze were both um, in her most recent series about uh, three siblings that go and repair an inn and their their idea is to sell and to make the money and these three novels um the first one released last year but the all three novels are really really good classic denise hunter where she just pulls you in and makes you connect to the characters emotionally at least she did for me because i really loved each sibling each time i would read one i'm like oh this one was my favorite and then i read the second and it's like oh my goodness nothing's gonna top that one because i totally related to the oldest sibling of the group and i had no idea how she was going to pull off the youngest sibling because 
the youngest sibling was the one kind of taken care of by the other siblings. And she really pulled it off with Autumn Skies. Um, she did it, it. She incorporated also something that I thought was really unique was a Secret Service agent who was on break. And so she just did it so good because she makes each one of her characters a little bit there's they're going through some sort of thing that they just feel relatable and i absolutely loved it it was a great ending to the series and i hope that we see little sometimes she drops in characters from previous books into her new series so i really hope she does that because i really love this sibling set so that those were my favorite contemporaries so now I would like to talk about suspense. Now, suspense has been, I have gotten so caught up in the last year, year and a half into both historical and contemporary romance that I kind of let suspense fall by the wayside. I have not read and kept up with suspense like I used to. Um, years ago, that's practically all I read. And maybe it's because that now I kind of like to spread my suspense out. Because to me, in the suspense category, you get a lot of, which is understandably, but you get a lot of po police procedure um, type stories and things with a detective trying to solve a crime or a reporter trying to solve a crime. So it's hard, I think, to find something that's like really new that keeps me in suspense, maybe. So... Um, I didn't read a lot of suspense for quite a bit until I was introduced to um, Ronnie Kendig and her military and paramilitary suspense. And even with like a little bit of a fantasy twist on them has been the uniqueness that has pulled me back into the suspense world because now I want more. And she, her books have really totally brought me in there and I'm like, okay, well, what else have I been missing since I kind of dropped off of the suspense circle? So I am looking for more and trying to find those books and come back into it because I have been really enjoying some. So this year in 2020, she has actually released not one, not two. She's actually released three books, two of which are her, the final in her Book of Wars series. So I'm talking about King's Falling and Souls Raging. Um, King's Falling, it was kind of funny because I was in, it was early lockdown where I had that book. I had it, was um, reading it for review and it was interrupted so much with it. But her books just like, they're, they're big books, but I read them so fast usually that they don't feel long at all. And in the, sometimes it's like I get to the last page and then I'm flipping through like, wait a minute was that a novella? Like it was, it's so grab on and hang on and go for the ride. And I just feel like she really did a great job with King's Falling series. I absolutely love Storm Rising. And then King's Falling was that second, that second piece, that middle book in the puzzle where stuff's going down. And then her third book, Sold Raging, brings it all together in a great climax that was really, really good. And it was just, I enjoyed the aspect of 
to me, the best way to kind of describe the Book of War series is like Indiana Jones meets uh, the Born, like Born Supremacy type thing. And it just had like this um, like memory loss aspect to it that was really interesting. It kind of kept you going. It didn't give you all the answers right away, but it wasn't always obvious what was going on either. So it had like like ancient societies that were working towards it. So, I mean, you have like a big global scope to the mystery and to the suspense, which to me just adds so much and, and isn't seen in a lot of suspense, but that's why I really love it. So, yeah, that was definitely my favorite. Um, I also read her quite professional series. And funny thing is, it's actually my favorite in that whole series was the end novella Titanus. Because I, no, Ronnie Kendi can write a really great novella that does not like she does not waste words at all. Um, and her writing is so her writing style is so tight, even in like a 150 page or 120, however many Titanus was, you get a full story packed with the action, packed with a little bit of romance. You know, just, it brought it all together. And I feel like Titanus was just a really great climax to her Quiet Professional series. And that one, I think, is my favorite. Um, also, I read... I got back on with um, Stephen James, and I'm working my way through his Patrick Bowers Files series and I picked up Night and oh no yeah Night and read that one and then um read Bishop and I've read Queen um I really loved Bishop um it brought in some elements from the first book that were really interesting what I kind of like about his is it's that um criminal minds type um, feel to his stories. You know, you are dealing with some really evil, complex bad guys, and sometimes multiple bad guys. Sometimes you don't know who the bad guys are, and it is not revealed until later. But he does give clues throughout the story. And if you were paying attention and not just speed reading, like I probably shouldn't have been doing, you would have noticed it. And when he reveals it, it's like, oh, of course that what that's what it was. But it just really had Bishop had me completely on the edge of my seat. It is it is more on the violent side. There is more um not gore described, but for I think for some people it would be. But um it is more um the crimes can be quite graphic, but it really it it's often not just meaningless graphicness. There is kind of, there is, especially in Bishop, there's a real um, message behind what humanity can become when um, the rules or the guidelines or those, those bounds are not kept on evil. So I feel like it was, it was strong. And also it's not a super preachy, story like not everything is all fine and dandy even on in queen you still see that the characters have some stuff to go but i feel like it's kind of one of those books that is going to patrick's 
journey is, is taking place in increments and even Tess's journey, the teenage character, his stepdaughter, is she's growing through the book and you see that coming through. So I'm looking forward to seeing where it will go, but definitely so far Bishop is my favorite in the series. Um, I feel like, Queen. oh, anyway, I could get talking about Queen, but yeah, I'm going to leave it at Bishop was definitely my favorite in the series. And then um, this year also we had three Susan May Warren full-length novels released. I am loving how she's doing so many books. I do not know how she writes. Last year, 2019, we got the whole Montana Marshall series, which I loved, 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 loved that whole series. And this year, I read um, Way of the Brave, Heart of the Hero, and Price of Valor. Price, um, Heart of the Hero, I actually read as a early review copy, so I did think I, re- I do think I read it in December, but it released. They all released in 2020. Um, Heart of the Hero really surprised me because I didn't know if I was going to like like Jake Silver um, from what was kind of going on in Way of the Brave. And I was curious to see how she was going to develop them. And one thing that I really enjoy about Susan May Warren's books is, and, and I would even read... Susan May Warren's romantic suspense while I wasn't reading any other romantic suspense because um, Susan May Warren's romantic expense is heavier on the romance than it is on the suspense. The, the suspense is um, sometimes kind of in the, in the background or a side thing pulling it along, but it's like it's really more focused on the relationship and I, I really enjoy that. That's one thing that I feel like is missing from some of the suspenses. My romance lover heart really wants a strong romantic theme and story in the story. So there's that. But Heart of the Hero really was good. I had a huge reading slump um, in spring. And there was a time that I stopped reading for four whole days thinking, okay, I'm going to just stop reading for a little bit and pick up. And it wasn't going away. And it was terrible because, you know, reading is the escape. And when you can't, when you can't feel like you can even read and get lost in a story, I felt a little lost. But then I read Heart of the Hero. And I feel like I almost read that in a day. It was just that what, what I needed, that um, strong, fast-paced action-packed romantic story that just took place all in a short amount of time and I was totally sucked in and I was finally able to lose myself in the story again. So Heart of the Hero did that for me and she completely redeemed Jake Silver in my eyes. And what I really loved about love about her characters is she writes them with some sort of a, a weakness or a dilemma that I feel is very relatable like it's something that at the core like how you value yourself or your feelings of worth or something like that something that's quite core and quite um, across the board I feel for anybody and I feel that that's the strength in her stories is how she makes them at least to me I find that they're relatable in some way that you can connect with them and she does that and I really enjoy her writing style um, and then we got the finale, Price of Valor. 
And that was Ham Story, who I absolutely loved right from the beginning in Way of the Brave. And she really uh, took that on. And I was going to include him in the um, the After I Do series because that is kind of a theme in that there's just so many elements that I really thought were very interesting. And she shares in some of her videos and behind the scenes on how she did research for that book. And I think it came out really good. I really enjoy how the series all tied together, how you see um, appearances of other very beloved characters of mine from her other series, um, the Deep Heaven and the Ford Marshall um, and some of the Marshalls. And that's always a win for me. So yeah, that series, definitely one of my favorite in the suspense this year. And um, another one that was kind of, it kind of goes back to the more of the police procedure, but I'm, I really enjoyed Danny Petrie's The Crushing Depths. Um, this is the second book, and um, there were elements of the first that I didn't really connect with as much. Um, but this sec, but so in the sec, in the first book, I was kind of, there were these characters in the side that was really interesting about that backstory. And we got that in Crushing Depths, but she also sets up t- several other, um, several other, um, looks like pairing type couples. And I'm really curious to see what she does with that. She writes quite, um, fast paced. And I feel like, um, Crushing Depths definitely had a stronger romantic feel um, than uh, Killing Tide. So I think that's one reason that I kind that I really liked that one more. And just the character's backstory, it was great to finally get to get to see that story, and I really liked how she wrote it. So those are my contemporary and my suspense favorites. Um, I would love to hear what you had in your top list. If some of these were your favorites, have different favorites, if I need to check something else out, I would love to chat with you. Uh, you can always message me on Instagram or Facebook at Nicole and the Unending TBR. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week.